Well, hello, church. It is great to be with you today. There's nothing better than to be able to worship God together. I have a friend who is a photographer. His name is Johnny Kim. Johnny is excellent at what he does. And what sets him apart from other photographer is the way he incorporates faith into his work. You see, Johnny has this passion to take photos of God's creation. He would travel to different places in the world, hiking to the top of the mountains, venturing to the deep forest, sometimes taking pictures at the break of dawn, and other times taking pictures in the middle of the night. And as a landscape photographer, Johnny has one goal in mind when he's at work, and that is to capture the beauty of God's painting of nature. I love looking at Johnny's works because every single one of his photos tells a story. And through those beautiful landscapes, I see the greatness of our God. In the book of Genesis, we were told that God created the heaven and the earth. It was God who created light and designated day and night. It was God who separated the land from all the water. It was God who created the sun, the moon, and the stars. It was God who created all the animals and all the vegetations. It was God who created everything. Regretfully, due to the busyness of our everyday life, too often we fail to recognize God's creation. Too often we forget to appreciate the beauty of nature. And too often we forget to praise and to worship the one and only, the magnificent creator. Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. If you want to know if someone's good at what he does, one way to find out is by examine, examining his work. For example, to, to find out if someone's good at cooking, you have to try and taste the dishes made by this person. To find out if someone's a good designer, you have to check out the designs made by this person. In other words, creations often speak for their creator. Creations often speak for their creators. Therefore, without hearing a single word from God, we know that God is a great creator just by looking at God's creations. God does not need to tell us by words how glorious he is for the heavens to declare the glory of God. Day after day, night after night, the sky proclaims God's handiwork and the sun, the moon, and the stars, they continue to speak forth God's faithfulness towards his people. Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Did you know that Grand Canyon was created by God? Did you know that Antelope Canyon was also created by God? Did you know that Niagara Falls were created by God? Mount Fuji was created by God. Antarctica was created by God. Earth was created by God. The galaxy was created by God. And not only were they all created by God and through God, most importantly, they were all created for God. Everything God created was created for God's pleasure. Sometimes we like to talk about uh, the purpose of our existence. And some of us like to think that, you know, to live a fullness of life means to eat, drink, and be merry. 
somehow we, we are under this false assumption that the world revolves around us. It is all about me and whatever can satisfy my soul. But if we really get back to the basics of things and to examine the relationship between the creator and his creation, we will realize that everything God created was created for him. It is all about him and not about us. Yes, everything God created was created for him. We are created to worship him. And that means we were created to proclaim the greatness and the glory of God. You know, if proclaiming the glory of God is a purpose of nature, then I think nature is doing a wonderful job. Uh, how, how many times have we found ourselves standing in front of nature and say, wow, how beautiful is this? How many times have we gazed upon God's creation and asked, how is this even possible? You know, when we see the beauty of nature, we, we cannot help but to be in all of his glory. The creation speak forth for the creator and the glory of God is manifested through his awesome creations. Do you know what else is created by God? Human beings. Do you know who else was created by God? You. Yes, you were created by God. And so is the person sitting next to you if there's someone. He or she was also created by God. And I know we do not think about the origin of our existence too often. A lot of times we take life for granted. We take one another for granted. Most of us go to sleep at night without thinking about whether or not we're going to wake up the next morning. Because somehow when the morning rolls around, our eyes would just open. Hey, it's morning. It's another day. Every day just seems so normal to us. And even at this very moment, you know, as we're studying God's word together, I don't think any one of us is paying attention to our heart rate or, or our breathing patterns. As human beings, we live one day at a time and, you know, we do what we want to do. We say what we want to say. We have good days and we have bad days. We don't think too much about them because to us, that is just part of life. So with this type of mentality, we rarely think about questions such as, where did I come from? Who created me? What is the purpose of life? A lot of, a lot of times in my sermons, uh, I like to talk about my son, Aaron. And I love talking about him because he's truly a blessing from God. Some of you might know our story. Both my wife, Cindy, and I love children very much. And when we first got married, we actually wanted three kids. However, for whatever reason, we just could not conceive. And for seven years, we visited all kinds of doctors, both Western and Chinese medicine. We tried different treatments, various medications and supplements. It was a very tough journey. And we finally reached a point where we said to God, God, if this is not your will for us to have children, we're willing to surrender before you. And so we started to imagine life without having our own kids. And we even thought about adoption. And miraculously, by God's timing, that was when we found out that Cindy was pregnant naturally. And I remember just how excited we were when we found out. Right away, we began to do our research online about, you know, about babies and pregnancies. And there were so many different apps that offered tracking programs where they would send you information on baby developments each week. 
And there are many websites that off offer charts similar to the one that you're looking at on your screen. So we will follow the development of baby Aaron very closely. And charts like this tell you the developmental stages from a simple egg to a baby. Did you know that at five to six weeks, the baby is roughly the size of an apple seed? Notice I did not say the size of an apple. I, I said the size of an apple seed. And if you were to measure that seed, it is about 0.13 inches, okay? Uh, it's very small, uh, but amazingly at that size, the baby's heart begins to beat and facial features such as eyes and nose start to develop. Arms with little fingers and feet with little toes are now growing. And then at eight to nine weeks, the baby can move all his limbs, still very, very small in size. At 10 to 11 weeks, the baby now has all the vital organs such as kidney, brain, liver, intestines. Meanwhile, the bones are getting stronger. And then at 15 to 16 weeks, the baby now can see light filter through uh, from the outside world. The lungs are now being developed. Uh, and, and then at 19 to 23 weeks, the baby begin to move around and once in a while will kick mommy just to say hello. And during this time, the baby can also feel the mommy's movement whether she's dancing or running or walking or sitting. And baby's hearing is also improving day by day. At 24 to 27 weeks, the taste buds of the baby are developing and the brain is now growing rapidly. The baby is almost a foot long. Now, if you don't know how long a foot long is, just think of a regular Subway sandwich. Okay, that's what a foot long is. Now at 28 to 34 weeks, the baby continues to grow and can now distinguish light from darkness. At 37 to 39 weeks, the lungs are functioning and baby is now considered full term. Finally, at week 40, the baby is now ready for life outside the womb. The average weight of a baby is about seven and a half pounds and the average length for a baby is about 20 inches. Now talking about having a humble beginning, at one point in time, both you and I were this small, as small as an apple seed. We could not defend ourselves even if we wanted to. And if you're watching this service this morning with someone next to you, I want you to turn to that person and take a very good look at him or her. Now try to imagine once upon a time, the person that you're seeing in front of you right now was the size of an apple seed. I know this is not an easy task and perhaps you're smiling right now thinking, dude, what happened to you? You know, how did you get so big? How, how, how is this even possible? You know, how, how do we come from a, an apple seed to now? I, I know there are a lot of questions that we might have, but I think this proves a point. And the point is we, the human beings are indeed created by the same creator who created Grand Canyon. We were created by the same creator who created Niagara Falls. Because just like how we're in all of nature, when we actually pause and take a moment to think about where we came from, we're equally in awe of the origin of our existence. Truth be told, it is impossible for human brain to fully understand the complexity of a human body. Scientists and doctors try their best to make sense of things. And yes, 
we do understand some things, but we must also admit that there are too many things that we do not have answers for. For example, we kind of know what cancer is about, but yet we haven't had the success in finding out a cure. We kind of know what COVID is about, but still we do not have a cure for COVID. As created beings, we have our limitations, but God as the creator, he's not bound by limits. And actually, if you think about it, all of us are miracles of God because anything could have happened during those 40 weeks in the mother's womb. And even if just one thing that went wrong during those 40 weeks, we would not be sitting here today. So praise be to God. I'm so glad that you made it. And not only did you make through 40 weeks, you also made it through many wonderful years after birth. And now you're sitting in front of the screen this morning as a testament of God's miracle. Yes, you are God's miracle. In Psalm 139, verse 14, it says this, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. You were made by the Almighty God, fearfully and wonderfully. I know sometimes we forget about that. Sometimes we will look down upon ourselves, thinking that we're not worthy of accomplishing anything at all. We might even feel sorry for ourselves because we're too short, we're too weak, we're too young, too inexperienced, too few hair. But I want to remind you this morning that you are God's miracle. You are precious to God and you were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Whenever the voice of doubt starts to appear to you, you need to discern and to reject that kind of lie. Do not let anyone tell you that you're not good enough for you were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. What is even more important is, is the fact that God made you for a very important purpose. You see, like nature, God made you to declare the glory of God. And as a testament of God's miracle, surely you have a story to tell. I know we all like to hear stories of people who had a rough and very tough upbringing you know, someone who did not know God, did all kinds of bad things, perhaps even went to prison. Uh, and then one day suddenly uh, turned their heart to God and now they're fully committed to God. They're traveling around the world, sharing the gospel. You know, we love to hear stories like that. And sometimes, you know, I wish my story is kind of like that too. But a lot of times our stories are not as exciting as those people's, right? But if we look into the Bible, we will see that God not only used those people with interesting stories, God not only used those people who, who are smart and strong, but oftentimes, actually a lot of times, God chooses to use the weak and ordinary. It is never about how capable you are. Rather, God wants to know how available you are, where you're willing to make yourself available. God will surely equip you and to strengthen you. To serving ministry is very different from working companies. In the corporate world, the boss wants to see your ability. But in the house of God, God wants to see your dependability. It doesn't matter how talented you are. But what God wants us to learn is to fully depend on him when we serve him. It is not about relying uh, on ourselves and our own strength, 
but it is all about relying on the Holy Spirit. We are to allow God to use us according to the way that he had made us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 says this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Even though we are all made according to God's image, we all possess our own uniqueness and personalities. The Bible is very clear on uh, this topic of holy, uh, the spiritual gifts. And there are varieties of gifts given by the same spirit. Now, if someone were to tell you that you must possess a certain spiritual gift to be considered spiritual, you need to discern very carefully because that is simply uh, not biblical. In fact, what makes the family of God beautiful is the diversity of people. In Christ Jesus, we're all made uh, differently and we're all given different talents and giftings. We're all called to different ministries and we're being used by God for different functions. And it is the same God who empowers us. So instead of trying to be like someone else or to envy the gifting of someone else or to change yourself to fit a certain mode so, so you feel like you're you know, holy or spiritual, what you really need to learn is to be the person God wants you to be. Okay? God made you the way you are for a reason. God gives you certain uh, gifting for a reason. We need to maximize our potential by allowing God to use you use us just the way we are. It doesn't mean that we should not try to improve ourselves. You know, when we serve in ministry, we want to give God our best. But we also need to be very honest and to face the reality that some people are just more eloquent than others. You know, some people are more caring than others. Some people are more detail-oriented than others. Some people are more creative. Some people are better at leading. And some people are better at supporting. As a church body, we need to learn to contribute our portions accordingly. And when we see others who are willing to serve, instead of discouraging them from serving and telling them that they're not good enough, we need to learn to love them and to support them and to encourage them to find a ministry that they can serve. And then we need to pray for God to empower them. After all, we're all created by the same God. And through God, and we're, we're created for God. Our life mission is to proclaim the name of the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 3 says, For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. To proclaim the name of the Lord means to make his name known to others. Just like there are varieties of gifts, varieties of service, varieties of activities, there are varieties of ways to make God's name known. For my friend Johnny, he uses photographer to capture the beauty of God's creation. For each of his photos, he would give names that would point people towards God. For example, he would use titles such as Majesty, Split the Sea, You Are My Rock, God of Creation, God of Wonders, he will also attach scripture to each photo to share his thought process as he was editing the photos. He might not be a pastor. He, he might not be in full-time ministry, 
but he is using what God has gifted him to proclaim the name of the Lord. When we say to proclaim the name of the Lord, it sounds like, you know, a big task. But what we're basically saying is to tell others about who God is. And within our group this morning, I'm sure we have people in different life stages. We have different jobs, different professions. We came from different backgrounds. We might even speak different languages. If we were forced to use the same way to proclaim the name of the Lord, it might be difficult for some people. But praise God. The good news is there are so many different ways that we can use to tell other people about God. For example, I'm at Old Church, EFC Orange County. Our choir would go to Taiwan almost every year for prison ministry. And the tool that they use is their voice. They practice for many months. And then once they go to Taiwan, they begin to visit different prisons to sing to the inmates. The, and the objective of this trip is very simple. They want to proclaim the name of the Lord in prisons in Taiwan by using their voices. And then one thing that I enjoy doing a lot is going down to Mexico for mission. Whenever we go down there, our target audience is usually the children. So we will bring a lot of day-to-day -day necessities. We bring toys and snacks. And once we're there, we spend time with the kids. We do crafts with them. We tell them stories. We play games. We play sports. And we love them and we try to build relationship with them. Sometimes we extend our ministry to constructions or lights cleaning. And, you know, it might be really hot and uncomfortable for some people. But we continue to go because we want to proclaim the name of the Lord in Mexico through our actions. I have a very good friend, uh, Pastor Jack. A couple of years ago, he went to Serbia. And like many missionaries in the world, he went out there without knowing anyone there. He was out there learning a new culture, learning a new language. He was developing a relationship with the people there. While teaching and training new coworkers, he was there to do one thing. You know, it is not easy to be a missionary in a foreign land, but he went out there with the one goal in mind, and that is to proclaim the name of the Lord in the world. And of course, I know not all of us are called to mission field, but there's another way that we can tell people about God. And it is by having conversation with people around us. We can do that in our home groups, in our, in our cell groups. We can have conversations with, with our coworkers, relatives, of friends, you know, through our interaction with them, we can find opportunities to tell them about our magnificent God. And that becomes the way that we proclaim the name of the Lord. And as a, a church of Jesus Christ, I think we exist for one very simple reason, and that is to proclaim the name of the Lord. And if there's one thing that we must do as a church, it is to proclaim the name of the Lord the moment that we stop doing that, you know, the moment that we stop proclaiming, we stop fulfilling the purpose of being the church. You know, it is all about priorities. And too often we set our attention on the wrong things in church. We worry about, you know, what to eat for lunch. We worry about what to do for different events. We spend so much time on little things like picking colors for the wall or the type of carpet that we should have. You know, many of us worry about the lack of tithing or the 
decrease of attendance. Now, I'm not saying that those are not important. They are. But there's simply nothing more important for the church than to proclaim the name of the Lord. Sort of like what Apostle Paul said about love in the Bible. He said, if I can speak in different languages, but have not love, it is meaningless. If I have the gift of prophecy or have great faith, but have not love, I am nothing. Even if I give everything I have to the poor, but have not love, I'm still missing the point. What God wants us to do is to love. Faith, hope, love, and the greatest of these is love. So the question we really need to ask ourselves as a church is this. Are we doing the best in our ability in proclaiming the name of the Lord? Have we somehow buried the most important calling for a church underneath all the other issues that are not as important? To be honest, I don't think God cares about how many people we have at our church. I don't think God cares about how many buildings we own or whether or not we have paid off our mortgage. I don't think God cares about the color of the wall or the type of flooring that we have. But one thing that I know that he cares about is whether or not we're making his name known in all the earth. And what is interesting uh, about COVID is that since COVID, it seems like God is removing a lot of things that's not necessary, right? Do we need a building to be considered a church? We know now that we don't, right? Do we need to have lunch together every Sunday to be considered a church? No, we don't. Uh, do we need to create so many different ministries or programs to be considered a church? No, we don't. The fact is, when Christians gather together, we are the church. That means whether we gather in person, whether we gather online, or we gather in spirit, we, rep we represent the church. And that is something that even COVID cannot take away from us. So despite of COVID, uh, the purpose of God remains the same. He wants us to make his name known. And if you want to tell others about God, all you have to do is open your mouth to be whom God wants you to be and to live out Christ. That is all it takes to make his name known. It is that simple. Sometimes we think that money is very important to ministry. And yes, I agree that money can help to spread the gospel further. But the lack of money should not stop us from proclaiming his name. Proclaiming the name of the Lord actually does not cost us one single penny, right? Proclaim the name of the Lord is something that every believer can do. We cannot say that we do not have a story to tell because every single one of us have a story to tell. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You are a testament of God's miracle. If you don't know how to start a conversation, all you have to do is start by asking that person you're talking to, hey, did you know once upon a time I was as small as an apple seed? They're going to be like, what? What are you talking about? You're so weird. As, as weird as it might be, you know, you now have their full attention you're ready to tell them about the amazing creator that you have. There, there's a passage in the Bible that talks about us being the light. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, 
You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. When Jesus says, "You are the light of the world," he's talking about all believers, including you and I. And just like how a city on a hill cannot be hidden, you don't see people light a lamp and hide it under a basket, because that just defeats the purpose. Instead, the lamp should be set. Understand to provide light for everyone in the house. If you have ever experienced power outage at your house during the nighttime, you know typically people will reach for their phone or a flashlight.、Uh, for our house, we have those battery-operated lanterns for camping. So whenever power outage hits, we would turn those on and place them in different places in the house. They really come in handy, and they can totally light up a room. Now we have never turned those on and then covered them with blankets, because they will become useless. But guess what? That is like so many of us, where we call ourselves Christians, and then we know Jesus called us to be the light of the world. However, for whatever reason, we choose to cover up our identity. We don't tell people about our faith. We don't tell people about God. We don't even try to point point people towards God's direction. Instead, we try to cover up our lights as soon as as much as possible, so that we can fit in with the crowd. When we try to invite people to church, a lot of times we tell them about the great programs that we have. We tell them that we have great food. We tell them that we have great building. We have great music. We even tell them that we have great speakers. But somehow we always leave out the part about how we have a great God. Jesus made it very clear to us. If we are the light, and yet we're not serving the purpose as the light in the darkness, then what is the point? As a testament of God's miracle, we have the responsibility to proclaim the name of the Lord and to ascribe greatness to our God. That is why in verse sixteen, it continues to say, "In the same way, let your light shine before others." So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. As believers of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to do good to others, but our motivation of doing good is not to earn our way to salvation. For the Bible tells us that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. So when we love others and when we help others, it is only the rightful response towards God's unconditional love for us. We're just like John the Baptist. Our job is not to save others; that is something that we cannot do. Our job is also not to try to impress others of how good we are. Our one and only job is to point people towards God. So when they see our good works, they're not here to praise us, but they will give glory to our Father in heaven. I'm sure many of us have been Christians for many years. But sometimes being Christians for too long actually hurts us. We're so used to living as Christians, we forget the purpose of being saved by God. Now we not we must return to the basics. In the post-COVID world, this is the perfect opportunity for us to reboot and restart. Being a Christian is not about having head knowledge. Being a Christian, it's all about living out Christ. Knowing the Word is important. 
but living out the world, living living out the word, it's even more important. Life is too short to worry about politics in church. Life is too short to worry about competitions in church. Life is too short to worry about what other people say behind your back. I want to encourage you this morning to be strong and courageous, not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The Christ that you have within you is much bigger than this world. He created you fearfully and wonderfully. He loves you deeply and unconditionally. There's no greater blessing than to have Jesus Christ dwelling in us. And no matter what our situation might be like, we need to hold on to Jesus because Jesus is everything that we need. May we join the beautiful nature that God had created. Let us be the light in the dark, in this dark and chaotic world. Let us be whom God wants us to be individually. And when we come together, may we unite together as we shine brightly as the church that God intended us to be. Let us live out God's calling as his church. Let us continue to love God, to love one another. And no matter where God places us, let us proclaim the great name of our Lord Jesus Christ in all the earth. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we marvel at your creation. We thank you that you are the creator and we are your creation. Lord, we humble before you and say, we want to surrender before you and do what you want us to do. If you want us to be light, may we shine brightly in this world. Lord, we also confess that we need you, that we by ourselves, by our strength is not enough. So today we want to abide in you and rely on your spirit, on your strength. May you strengthen us so that we can stand boldly before men and proclaim your great name. Thank you, Lord, that your name has power. Your name has the power to save. We worship you this morning and we pray that as the testament of your miracle, we can all testify for you in this world. Thank you, Jesus, for creating us just the way we are. And we worship you just simple as we are. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. We love you, Jesus. And we pray everything in your mighty name. Amen and amen.